alive. How do we know she is alive? I hate when people talk during the movie. No wire. Hi guys. You got tearing me apart, Lisa. Your stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. Relax. It's all in bad taste. She has been taken. How did you the yeah. How did you accept it without being here? I'm very confused. That was fully magical, right? What did you do? What's <laughs> going on right now? <laughs> What's happening? I literally figured out how I could put my hand and click the button without being seen because I'm sorry. I mean, it took you about 10 seconds to do it. You weren't really fast with it, were you? It was no, more really wasn't. All you really did is stand to the side of the screen and click it. So I love how Ryan said we weren't going to talk over each other, then immediately started talking over me, like, maybe 10 seconds into the recording. <laughs> well, if I didn't talk over you, I'd never get to speak. <laughs> oh, you bitch. <laughs> um, hi, guys. Nice to see you. We're uh, recording virtually today. We're using the old internet to do this technology j j j jam. J -j -jam. That words. It's not staying in. It's not staying in. It is. Uh, I have a question. I have a question before we really start. Before we get into the meat of today's episode, because it's been bugging me ever since we watched and recorded Zilla last Are week. Are you purposely making puns here? Um, meat bug. Meat bug. <laughs> what? What's a meat bug? You said the words meat and bug in separate sentences. And how are they puns? How is Mothzilla? No, Mothzilla's not a thing. <gasps> Mothzilla. Right, can you imagine? Moth or bug? No, no, Mothzilla. Let's, let's go on Hannah's Mothzilla. I want a Mothzilla. Like right. half, Could half you um, imagine a I mean, flying Godzilla? Like a fully flying Godzilla. Has that ever been done, Mr. Knowledge of all Godzilla films? Why do you, you did this in the last <laughs> episode where you tried to like fish information that you know I don't have. One of the mechas could probably fly. If Godzilla can yeet himself a distance is what Reach, I've learned right. from watching Reach. these films. Yeah, but if uh, if uh, if an Olympic athlete jumps really far, you don't say that she can now fly. She's just very good no, at jumping. No, you're wrong. He uses his nuclear breath to propel himself, much like a Zula in a fire. Yeah, he's a bit like a jet. Okay, okay. Hang on, I thought it came out of his mouth. It does. The physics make no sense, but there it is. It's Godzilla. <laughs> it's a guy in a rubber suit trying to call Let's let's uh, my question because it has been bugging me since last week. In these universes, in these, like, monster adult universes, do you think there are, like, specific insurance companies for this kind of shit? Like, do you have to get monster insurance? Based on where you live. I think it goes up based on what city you live in. Like, if you live in, like, a big metropolitan, like, a capital city, that monster insurance must be Akka, right? Like, but Godzilla goes where Godzilla wants. No, no, no. He only goes to London, Tokyo, New York. <laughs> uh, he has a few vacation destinations. Let's be real, okay? <laughs> so really, real. it's all just a big conspiracy from government so that they could put the monster tax. <laughs> That's it's all bit, Godzilla is. It's a bit insurance scam. It's just a bit insurance scam. <laughs> Can you, like, the life insurance payments are going to be fucking huge. Right? Right. But I mean, the government has to pay for all that shit, right? Someone has to. Like, oh, but maybe yeah, they're just banking on, right? So say you've got a full family that lives in New York and they've all got monster insurance. <laughs> they're banking on that entire family being squished because yeah. then who do they pay out to? Yeah. All the other people yeah, are gone. Oh, that's a good business model, right? Genius. <laughs> it's Genius. almost as if the government profiting off the many dead is not a thing, a thing that happens <laughs> in our they universe. Can, they can make funeral services a, a public... Like a public thing, they probably like, just so it's owned by the government as well. Mastery, 
Well, we have cracked that chord, so (laughs) hey there, guys, and welcome to the... Excuse me? (laughs) Excuse me, what now? We didn't rehearse that. You are not allowed to do the intro. Welcome to Aftertaste, the Bad Taste Bud supplementary show where we continue to talk... I can see the fury in Liam's eyes. Liam, you've never sounded better. The sequels they inspired and the cinematic... Let me do it. Let me take over because you're fucking it. No, lineage they derive from. I'm your host, Leon. Are you? Yeah, I'm Leon. Today we <laughs> Liam on the script. Don't Who you the hell is Liam? <laughs> I am joined by three quarters of the buds. Hale, joining us in beautiful sunny Newcastle. Say hello, Hale. Give us a wave. Hey. <laughs> I, so I kind of want to do this all again. We have Ryan. Hi, I'm a big idiot. <laughs> I'm a big idiot who doesn't know how to speak properly. I love how you love that insult, Liam, that you said it twice. Not just once, but twice. It was a good little insult. I'm a big idiot. I'm a big idiot. You are. It's just a student, everybody. Oh, no, I suppose Ryan wouldn't be. No. No, I now have Liam on microphone calling himself a big idiot. I'm a big, dumb idiot, and my name is Ryan. Jack couldn't make it today. I'm taken back over. Jack couldn't make it today. Something about a large shipment of fish, I believe. Oh, was the, uh, a picture for you. It's a lot of fish. Oh, that's a lot of fish. <laughs> a lot of fish. I was hoping one of you would do it, but instead Ryan just set me up to do it again. As if I, hadn't I did set it. Before. Did you do it? Yeah. Let it out. We'll make it look like you're an idiot. <laughs> we all tried. <laughs> it's just the three of us today. Today we are here to put our very limited knowledge uh, to the test as we chat shit about a franchise we know very, very little about. Oh, well, I'm pretty good up until 2004-ish. To be fair, we, me and Ryan, I don't know about you, me and Ryan have been researching the shit out of this for about a week and a half now. We've got through uh, six of the Shoja films. There are so many names to remember. Um, we've done, Yeah, we've done some pretty comprehensive research, so I'm going to say that I am adequately prepared. I'm I am not. here for go. the ride. I'm, I'm basically here for a lesson on God... Gorira. Godzira. Godzira. The, the correct Godzira? pronunciation. Godzira. So yeah, me and Ryan did a lot of research this week. We basically watched the original 1954 Godzilla. We watched Godzilla Raids again. I say we watched, I watched, and Ryan played Dragon Ball Z in the background. Yeah, um, <laughs> I watched Godzilla vs. Uh, King Kong, the original 62 version, not the uh, the remake. Uh, Mothra vs. Godzilla and Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Wow. The plan was to finish the entire Shoji era by the time of recording, but hey-ho, I'm nothing if not. Is that pitches. physically possible? Well, this is in it. A week. You know me. You've known me for how many years, Hannah? Like a decade you know, now. You, know, is that, you sound with, with such <laughs> exasperation <laughs> in my voice. All <laughs> 10 years. God, it's been a long 10 years. Uh, and I'm nothing if not ambitious, let's be honest. Uh, but yeah, I fucked up. I failed. I couldn't do That's it. one word. Um, but yeah, I think uh, we've got a decent knowledge of it. Let's do a little bit of a history deep dive into just what makes this franchise one of the longest running and widely lauded movie franchises in cinema history. Well, let's just say it started out with good intentions, got weird in the middle. It got a little bit weird. It's coming back around again. It got a little bit weird. The the idea for Gojira came uh, first came into fruition in ninety uh, in nineteen fifty four actually, um, when Tomoyuki Tanaka and I hope I pronounced that right. There'll be quite a few names that I'm going to try my very best to pronounce, but do tell me if I'm fucking any of these up because I probably am. Uh, he was a film producer for Toho. Um, basically, he was flying over the ocean. This was a, kind of the 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 origin story of Godzilla was him on a plane. Uh, flying over the ocean and him kind of daydreaming about what the fuck would happen if a giant monster rose out of the earth and just attacked the plane. Which, you know, like, that's kind of what I do when I'm on long flights. Oh, of course. Hang on. So, what, a 
a 60 film worldwide franchise yep. came out of a guy who daydreamed on a plane. I feel like a lot of franchises came from that. Yeah, the proposal was accepted by Toho. They basically heard it and was like, absolutely, why not? Toho was quite, um, they were quite used to their big giant monster movies at that point. They were, they were no strangers to big monster movies. Uh, and yeah, pretty much immediately uh, after the proposal was pitched, uh, they began filming uh, under the stipulation that this was meant to be a different kind of monster movie. This was meant to be a different beast entirely. So speaking of different beasts, how do you go fucking love this? So when we're talking about what animal we want in the Avatar universe, I won't change my answer. <laughs> Gojira was originally going to be a gorilla whale. Gorilla whale. In fact, that's where the name comes from. Gojira is gorilla whale. Yes. Gorilla whale. Yeah. Right, yeah, that's the origin. Is that what it is? Pretty sure that was the origins of the Look name. Look you spouting facts. <laughs> you. Uh, Hang on, right. So I'm trying to figure out in my head if it's a Godzilla whale. Nope. What Gorilla. No, no, gorilla whale. <laughs> what gorilla attributes it would have and what whale attributes it would have. Because, right... Right. Godzilla can go, oh God, God, Gojira. Oh, Gojira. You can call him Godzilla. Can, you, yeah, you can call him Godzilla. They clearly need him to be able to walk on land, though, don't they? He can't just be like a. He's, he's an amphibious well, creature. The idea that. is that he would rise up from the ocean and he would come and destroy cities or what now, have now you. Now you say that before you go on your little tangent. He was also meant to be a giant squid at one point. That was another pitch. Perhaps. But again, a squid could maneuver itself on land. But unless you give, have you seen a squid like, maneuver itself on land? <laughs> I think I'm thinking of an octopus. Well, I think they both can do it, but not like successfully, really. Yeah, but a whale even less successfully. A gorilla whale. I feel like we're going to spend 20 minutes talking about which yeah, animal yeah, is really, better suited really to fucking take off. That's a really good point. Yeah, what, was, what was your point, Anna, before, well, before I cut you off? I can't remember good. now. Which parts would be the whale and which parts would be the gorilla? Like, Big ass gorilla Just hands. imagine King Kong, the size of a whale with the body of a gorilla. Yeah, unsatisfying, I'm, but with that's that. just King Kong. Well, yeah, that's not there's half your whale, half Godzilla, like half. <laughs> so, moving on. But that's the, the most redundant answer. You can't say that you've got a half whale, half gorilla creature, and then say it's a gorilla the size of a whale. That's just a large gorilla. Tell me what you envision there. Gorilla hands, gorilla legs, whale body. Whale body. Yeah. Right, Perfect. with a whale face. Perfect. So you answered your own question, Hannah. So there why you did you go. ask it in the first place? Brian's getting stressed. He's going to cut all of this out. It's almost like we're doing a podcast. Um, yeah, culturally, the film probably was the, I think, from my money anyway, was the most important. I hate, right, I've noticed something listening back to these episodes. I say for my money, like, 40 times an you episode. You a lot of things a lot of times per um, episode. We could start a drinking game with the amount of times I say, for my money. Um, but yeah, I, I say, but yeah, a lot. Culturally, I think this film is probably one of the most important cultural culturally relevant films that I've ever seen, that I've ever, like, really indulged in, which is kind of why I get so pissed off when a lot of people dismiss it, and a lot of people kind of call them just dumb, standard, formulaic monster movies, because there is such a rich history here, and there is such an important, uh, especially for Japanese cinema, such an important lineage here that a lot of people will never, never know about. Yeah, it's hard to understand the experience that she actually lived it so this was obviously during the american occupation of japan yeah and well it was like slightly paused right like it was right this was seven years afterwards this got released first kajira movie yeah but the americans completely censored everything to do with hiroshima and nagasaki they wouldn't let anything through that wasn't a fluff piece. So openly discussing the nuclear holocaust was just an absolute no-go and there was no way this film could have even seen the light of day of the script, never mind the actual movie. 
well until America had moved out. Well, yeah, I mean, America being America. The censorship on the original 54 film, how long did that last? Well, how long was the cen- the censored version shown in? Because how much did they cut as well? They cut a shit ton out of it, didn't they? Oh, it was it like 60% or something? Yeah, they took six... So, uh, they redid the movie, redubbed it. They took out, the Americans, 60% of the original film. Took out anything to do with nuclear bunkers, anyone like irradiated food, people suffering, that kind of thing. Yeah. Completely censored it out, put their own script and stuff in, put their own actors in. They had an actor talking to other characters from the original, even though they clearly were not in the same place. So they Americanized this shit before... Hugely. Kojima was a big allegory for a nuclear bomb like himself. He was giant, terrifying, and disastrous. The Americans got a hold of it, and it became a popcorn piece. (laughs) Just bastardized it, It was a complete fluff piece. It didn't do well. So the ones that you guys have been watching then, is that, are they sort of what, what it was meant to be. Because originally, the original was, yes, a big allegory. Even in the second one, I think there's still a little bit on message and there's loads of spin-offs that are like direct sequels from the first ones, but you have to, you can't say these, most of these big monster movies where it is just him and Godzilla beating the shit out of each other and <laughs> the same allegory, it becomes like... I want to disagree. Really I want to disagree because I still think, regardless of how cartoon, the ones we watched, the, the six we watched, regardless of how cartoony they got and regardless of how silly they got, I do feel like there was a, each one one of them was grounded in cultural history of Japan um, because the best Godzilla films are somehow also the most juxtaposed in a way. Like they're both deeply biting political satires and like post-war allegories, of course, because it was born, you're right. It was born out of Japan's fear of the bomb. Like of every country, Japan got it the worst and Japan has the the biggest right to fear the fucking nuclear bombs because obviously Hiroshima and, and Nagasaki were two of the greatest tragedies to ever befall our poor fucking planet. Um, so yeah, but then also at the same time, you're right, that juxtaposition between biting satire and giant fun action monster movie. And specifically speaking about the first one, the first one, I wouldn't even classify as an action film. The first one Oh no, is well, it was dark. a while before it moved into the action category. It's about four movies in. The first one is so fucking dark, Hannah. Like I put it on, I, I remember, I think I'd seen it as a kid. As soon as I put it on it, I was getting flashbacks. I think I watched it with my dad when I was really young. Um... But yeah, it's a horror film, if anything. It is a extremely darkly lit but beautifully shot um horror film that lingers more on the suffering of the of the humans, more on the 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 starvation, the uh the, the, the humans in the rubble, the, the, the suffering that they're going through. That's kind of the focal point of that film. Just for reference to show you they're not playing around Godzilla's head from certain angles is meant to look like a mushroom cloud, like a nuclear mushroom cloud. Yeah. And his scales are meant to represent burned flesh of the victims. Oh, oh God. So then, if, if that was, like, how did America get their hands on that franchise then? Because that seems like a bit of a fuck you, <laughs> well, I mean, it, really? America, I think they tried on several occasions to in, uh, export this to America, and I... It really didn't take off. Like, this is the thing. Like, there wasn't... Those adaptations weren't, like, well-received or financially that successful. It wasn't until Emmerich, uh, who, again, kind of fucked up and failed. There, <laughs> there hasn't been until since since 2014 was kind of the first successful... Mm, well, the... Okay. They didn't do too badly once DVDs became popularized. Once the rise of the DVD came, it was a lot easier to get these things transported cheaper. Yeah, okay, and it, they did get a bit more of a market then. They became more popularized, which actually then allowed the later ones to be made. The, the most prominent thematic elements that Tanaka and Toho considered during pre-production, um, you're right, was the absolute horrors of the Second World War. The first movie... It's a direct response to the atomic bombs. Like this is a country still reeling from um, kind of years of 
of destruction and desolation and death. So yeah, Godzilla, it's 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 a very morose, sad film. There's a lot of empathy and a lot of there's still a lot of fear that's like etched into every scene. Uh, and it holds up beautifully. Like it's still this gorgeous. As much as you can say that the effects are dated and the, the man in the rubber suit is silly. I, I hesitate to even call any of it silly because it's these gorgeously designed, gorgeously acted in um, suits and miniatures. And the minute the scenes with the miniatures, so obviously any scene where Godzilla's uh, Godzilla is uh, destroying a city are all these beautifully handcrafted miniatures. And you've got to admire the work that goes into them. You think, yeah. <laughs> and then feel sorry for the artist who spent <laughs> hours of life for it to be smashed. <laughs> I never even thought of that. Yeah, this person, he's built these beautiful <laughs> renditions of Japan, uh, beautiful uh, miniature cities. So you're right, yeah, just get fucking trampled on by a big guy in a suit. But it works, like it works as a, as a So when when did the first film come out? Nineteen fifty four. Yeah. Fifty four. So it was yeah. nine years yeah. after and it, you can tell yeah. you, you can see in every frame. I mean the director wanted to make I mean, the director was famous for making um war footage films. Like he got his start making and filming uh, during the war. That was he was a kind of a almost with the press and the news the news reporters uh, filming the desolation. Did they use any of the footage? Not that I know of. I don't, there was Not never from anything that, that I know of. He has separate documentaries that already has that footage in. And it would be a bit mm, to actually use real life footage yeah, of people suffering in a movie. I think, regardless yeah, that, of the allegory, there might be a few lines crossed of like yeah, actual so. human suffering. You know, it wasn't really until Godzilla raids again, which came out um, only a couple of years after. They didn't really waste much. Was it the the year after? I think that came out. I think you'll find during the entire thing, they either wasted absolutely no time whatsoever and just released a new movie within <laughs> the same year, or they waited ten years to start again, give it another go. Yeah, well, I mean, Japan was extremely proud of this. The first film, they were extremely proud of. I think it was. I mean, it was an incredible success. They were. He had to put out a second film pretty quickly after the first one did so well. Yeah. So the original film, that guy who uh, the who made his name with the filming the reels of the war footage, uh, Ishihiro Honda was the original uh, director. Um, he was. He's obviously one of the crown jewels of this franchise. But it was also. I think a lot of the um, a lot of the credit also needs to go to these two guys, E.G. Superaya, and he was he was the guy who com- um, who created all the costumes and the effects. So a lot of the the kind of the legacy is still in his kind of uh, his kind of. Uh, wheelhouse i guess akira fugabi the guy who composed the score um and again a lot of love you can tell there's this oh, oh, oh. <laughs> there's this omnipotent um foreboding score throughout the entire thing that really hits home the horrors of what it's this loud droning um like dull echo throughout the entire film um and it's just gorgeous so i think yeah. the sound design the creature design and the director they all Despite uh, the his Holy budget, Trinity. yeah, everyone who was there wanted to be there and believed in this project. It really comes through when you're watching it. Now let's talk about a film that is the complete inverse and is kind of a piece of shit. Uh, the first sequel, yeah, Godzilla Raids Again. Ryan, you were um, you were talking about this a little bit, weren't you? Yes, I was wondering because you're a little dinosaur boy. If you knew Rawr. what dinosaur the kaiju was based off, Rawr. the little dinosaur. So yeah, this was this was the film that introduced um, Godzilla's first uh, adversary. Uh, Agnu Reese. Oh, I'm going to get this fucking name right. <laughs> Anjurus, I think. And he's based off an Ankylosaurus because yeah, I'm a dinosaur nerd and they're one of my favorite dinosaurs. Though. They are uh, cute. I'll give you that. Medium sized herbivores. Yeah, Godzilla Raids again came out the year after and it's, it was it set the stage really for future installments. This was the template for pretty much the rest of the series going forward from here. In terms of it being a versus, the thing is, it does change pace, especially for the first few movies. This one introduces our first other kaiju, and we do get our first official Godzilla versus movie. Woo! You beat his ass, Godzilla! 
Godzilla. But part of the nice thing about this is it is balanced between Godzilla's the monster, this other kaiju's the monster, and humans are also the monster. That being said, this movie fucking sucks. Sorry. Right, so yeah, I watched this. I was on a massive high. I was thinking, right, yeah, Godzilla franchise, you are doing it for me. I popped Godzilla Raids again on... Uh, yeah, this movie fucking sucks. Like, I was kind of a bit worried at this point going in. It's it's this weird... Um, obviously, it has the template. It brings the template. So I guess what it did for the franchise is very influential, at the least. That's probably the only thing it really does successfully. Um, because it, it blows its load. It's like this, <laughs> it's this cool-ass, like, 30, 40-minute monster fight with Godzilla and Angur. Uh, and then the rest of the movie. Uh, well, I think you were talking about this with the new ones, Hannah, uh, and why they they are they are weirdly faithful. There's a lot of human drama that's I- incredibly uninteresting in Godzilla Raids again, and the entire second half of the film is just us going on a fucking skiing trip with a bunch of work <laughs> colleagues, and then some. Sometimes Godzilla's there, and then they drop a bunch of snow on him, and that's the end of the movie. I mean- it's meant to be. At least it's not just characters showing off how bad I would have much preferred they are, because that's basically all the new ones. I would have much preferred that. How not to parents? <laughs> but at least there's like interesting. This is it's literally a skiing resort, and we're just there with them for a bit, and it's fucking dull. It's pretty random, <laughs> but it's meant to be. Godzilla isn't the complete antagonist in this one, like he was in the first one. Yeah. He's only partially an antagonist, but he also fights off the other kaiju. But then humans get involved, and as humans do, we destroy them anyway, regardless. Yeah, so it still has that political message. Is it the, only the new ones, then, where Godzilla becomes, like, oh, the anti Oh, no, no, my friend. Oh, no, we have a whole back and forth for we decades will, we on will, this. We will get there in hour two of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, we're not, we're not, not going to... I've only seen a half of the Shoji-era ones. We're probably going to really skim over Heisei and talk a little bit about MonsterVerse, because we don't know that much, and we're going to try our very best but we are still layman so please bear with us but yeah plot i think when a lot of people complain about the new ones having those excessive plots and they're like yeah you spend maybe 50 percent of the movie with the human characters i think i don't know whether they're necessarily justified criticisms because i think that that's just a faithful recreation of what the toho franchise always was nah i mean yes in that toho did do that but if they were going to be faithful to the franchise there's a lot of things it gets further and further away from the original messages we go on until eventually we basically redcon everything go back to a sequel for the first one yeah i mean thankfully it's not always a bad thing either like going forward i kind of went into the third film in the franchise godzilla versus king kong with a bit of um apprehension so i was thinking oh god i I remember again this is one of the other ones i've seen as a kid and i couldn't remember that well but that one gets back to the good old-fashioned silly fun monster showdown kind of a lot less it really dials back the human drama and we spend a lot more time with the monsters and it's just silly like it is this is kind of i think for my money anyway godzilla versus sillier than you think Godzilla vs. Kong is the beginning of the really silly um, kaiju fight films where it's almost right. entirely based I will, on that. I will have to come in now. Like, you keep saying really silly, but what is really silly is this was going to be Kong versus Frankenstein. Oh shit, yeah, fuck. Right, <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that, Anna? Or is she on her phone? No, I'm looking up Godzilla facts. <laughs> well, sorry, yes, I am on my phone. <laughs> Yeah, did you hear the Frankenstein? Because your reaction was just none. <laughs> yeah, just, no, 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 say it for the mic, Anna, say it for the mic. <laughs> what did you What did you do? Uh, yeah, so the original, the, you want to take it again, right? This time she's going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to fucking listen. This was going to be King Kong versus Frankenstein. They, they couldn't get the rights for Frankenstein <laughs> in the end, unfortunately, and other things happened. So they swapped him out for Godzilla. That didn't, that don't worry, even, it didn't stop how, them. How, 
there is a Frankenstein movie out there. So Honda didn't stop there. That did not deter him from making this Frankenstein movie. It's a Japanese take on Frankenstein. And again, it's just another monster movie. And he keeps doing all these weird things. He's got a lot of spin-offs that you should probably have a look at. It's weird as fuck. We talk about this like Americanization of the franchise. And I think this one specifically, you see a lot of that Americanization bleed over. Because th- from, from the start, Honda was like a, clearly a big fan of King Kong regardless. Like the, the inspiration that was... Um, kind of extracted from uh, from King Kong is apparent in all of these films. Yeah, but they had issues when they were making this movie. Like, the script got, the script got completely botched. And so, for example, King Kong can get stronger through electricity, which was meant to be Frankenstein's power, but obviously they took Frankenstein it. out for Godzilla. Not for King Kong. <laughs> they swapped him for Godzilla, but King Kong ended up with Frankenstein's ability. I That's how poorly the script went afterwards. But again, like, this is what I mean. There, there is this like element of like sloppiness, but also sincerity that really, I think, makes it almost oh, more God. heartfelt. The fact that these are just... That they're, these weird little passion projects. Like, this guy was just a nerd. He was a massive nerd for Frankenstein. He was like, I fucking love Frankenstein's monster. Couldn't get the rights. You know who else I love? King Kong. Fuck it. He's electric now. I think that's cute as fuck. <laughs> you can call it that if you want. But, I mean, he was really invested, Halle. He made Frank versus Fairy Gom, which is a monster movie. It was so good, he got a sequel for it. There are two Frankenstein monster attack movies in the same vein as Godzilla vs. Kong. Why have we never seen this? Why? Uh, Because we we have to have future episodes, that's why. (laughs) After Godzilla vs. King Kong, we have, I think, for my money anyway, the one that I've seen, uh, the ones that I've seen, my favourite in the franchise, which is Mothra vs. Godzilla, which was, uh, again, just an attempt to... (laughs) Just singing there. Uh, There's a lot of singing in this movie, I will give you that, so you are on, on character my friend this is the next one is this the one with the two tiny it ladies? is the one with the two tiny ladies yeah they're what the fuck's the moth called mothra yeah they're mothra's little fairies <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, they're they're mothra's guardians mothra is a has always been a benevolent creature Mothra's always been a good girl. It's like Petraeus is like the Japanese protector. Yeah. Was was Mothra born out of just the people who were creating the movie? Came out in 61. <laughs> so this was a good like three, four years before Mothra versus Godzilla. So Mothra was already an established character. And again, Mothra was um, heavily beloved in uh, in Japan at this time. So bringing these two together, again, for the American audiences, King Kong was probably the big money. But in, in Japan, Mothra was going to be a big money ticket for this franchise. And again, I think this is the best film in the franchise. This is the one that I think blends. It's still very political. It's still very environmentally uh, conscious. It does. It, it, it intends to make a lot of statements about the environment and about the way that the, especially like ja- the Japanese government treats the environment. But, but at the same time, it's silly as fuck. You're right. There are two tiny fairy ladies in and they are literally they are cute. I love them. They sing size. constantly. And they're singing. And Mothra, yeah, Mothra is the guardian of their island and Mothra must defeat uh, Gojira. This is the next one to change the pace of the movies. The first one was that really super serious take on the nuclear bombings. The second and third one with the just big monster fighty movies, they were a bit weirdly paced. They were trying something new, trying to branch out the franchise. And then we get to Mothra where it changes again, like Liam saying, and it becomes this great blend of what makes Godzilla great. It gives a slightly different message, but still gives a good message. And you have Mothra, who is the like ultimate protagonist versus like a huge antagonist, which just creates that extra tension. Mothra. No ambiguity. 
Masura. Masura. Spoiler alert, Harry. Mothra dies, Godzilla kills him, he has babies, the babies kill Godzilla. Mothra dies a lot. Mothra, Mothra dies Mothra a lot. dies, but ha- had babies. Had babies. Oh. They hatched into larvae, and the larvae took on Godzilla. I won't lie. Mothra's gorgeous, but these larvae babies are fucking disgusting. I'm gonna... Like, so fucking gross. They're just giant maggots, and they're just... Yeah, two, <laughs> two of them are born, and they just take the fuck down Godzilla, which is kind of brilliant. Um, after that, we, uh, we I think this is the turning point for me. This was the last film in the series that I saw, Um. Uh, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, which not only introduced Godzilla's greatest adversary, uh, but also, I think, really started the downward trend of um, silly Godzilla movies. Because this another, is the first one they talk in. Another change of pace, once again. It's just pace after pace after... The, this the, one, well, this one introduced the three-way eventually. Hey! We got uh, Rod, was a love of three-way. Got Rodan in this as well, so it was monster little, versus monster versus monster. I'm hoping you can add a little drum. What's it called? The rim shot there. After my three-way joke. You made a joke. Was it funny? Did I miss it? <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, fuck. Uh, what were you saying? I wasn't listening. <laughs> Me? <laughs> this film was a change of pace again. It's the one where they introduce a monster versus monster versus monster. Zilla has to take on not just Ghidorah, but also Rodan. And he beats their motherfucking lily livid asses. So yeah, this is the introduction <laughs> Thank you for that contribution, Hannah. We were always, always, um, it's always point, a pleasure having you on these episodes. You always add so much to the episode. Wait, did Rodan team up with them to take down? I believe this is the, also the uh, the yeah the, the first time a team up has happened in the series, unless you count the two larvae, which I don't. But also there is uh, again, it's the one that's starting to bring over a lot of elements. Uh, the uh, Shubijin twin fairies from Mothra are in this as well. Um, it's a very silly movie, but again, it does have a lot of the, the fun and the camp and the action to kind of keep it driving through. And this is where I got up to. As far as the Shoji era movies, this is where I got up to. Well, this is where... Well, this is where Godzilla becomes a true protagonist. Yeah. He takes on Gajira, also known as Ghidorah, and he is the actual protagonist of this one, taking down the bad guy, which is the first time he's truly been good. At best, he's usually been like a force of nature that's destroying mankind because they're just in the way, basically. Because we're dickheads. And that's been the best of him up until this point. I don't know about you guys, but I personally find Ghidorah pretty Ghidorahable. Hey, that's actually not bad. Thank you. How long were you thinking about it, though? Literally about ten minutes. Um, yeah, the, he, this is you're right. This is the this is the big hero Godzilla, the one you were saying, Hannah, the the anti hero almost. Like, yeah, he's sure he's a big destructive lizard, but he'll also save the day. Pretty much stays like that for the rest of the Shoji period, where he is yeah. more of a protagonist than he is a bully. It gets very psychedelic. It keeps a lot of the political elements. There's one one film where he fights a pollution monster, and there's one where it's like uh, Godzilla from outer space. Oh, yeah, I was going to say there's also like aliens and like aliens that take over Ghidorah's body, aliens that take over his son's body. The, we even uh, mentioned his son. For the amount of ones that there are political messages, there are equal amount that are silly and really go away from topic. One of them becomes about like standing up to bullies. A literal line oh, is, <laughs> remember, Godzilla says, maybe I should find my own battles. <laughs> Godzilla says, don't do drugs, kids. I just find it really weird that the franchise has flipped it. So Godzilla was originally and, yeah. created to be this embodiment of the all-evil America who came and, bo- and then eventually he's our saviour. 
Well, it's like it's a reclamation, isn't it? I actually think it's a really good. Um, I, I personally really find it quite heartwarming that as a culture, the Japanese filmmakers were able to use this and take this tragedy. And yeah, obviously show the horrors and show the desolation and show, and show the destruction, but also kind of grow from it and also kind of um, embrace it and, and be like, right, well, this this I suppose is if it like captured the the nation's like heart and it really got into them then yeah taking something like that and turning it into a positive attribute into a way that they can take their sort of culture forward by giving big messages because they've captivated that audience already then it's never a bad thing it's just a very strange thing to have happened in such a short amount of time because what you were saying that godzilla versus mothra was what 1964 yeah, 66. So that was literally like 20 years after it happened. So uh, and 10 years after like the first year or like 11 years after the first movie came out or something along those lines. So Yeah, about that. That's quite a, a tight time frame really in film industry-wise to turn something that was so dark into something so light. Yeah, no, I mean absolutely, you're absolutely right. It's um but again, I think it's I think it shows the positive. I wish we had something like this. Obviously, I think I mean, again, this is why I love filmmaking. This is why I love films and films as a medium. It's such a powerful way to overcome adversity. And I think more than anything, the, the, just the knowledge that this is a franchise that's spanned about 70, 70 plus years now, hats off to them because I don't know of ever any real American, I mean, apart from Bond, I guess. Speaking of, Kobayashi was actually more into the James Bond franchise than he was the Godzilla movie. I mean, his came quite a bit later on, you can see in the movie. It's very much a spy feel to it, and that comes through even though it's a Godzilla movie. Godzilla's not a spy, honey. Don't need to pull any face. This is Heisei, by the way. Is it, are we officially in a Heisei era now? Well, this is the Heisei era, but I mean, before that, you've got loads of shit and we could talk about for ages. I mean, you've got Godzilla's son, Milano, yeah. which is a dinosaur very much like him who can grow and shrink the... He, took on a giant lobster. He did. It was a monster lobster, had it? He did. He took on a robot. It was going to be called Jaguar Jet. Then it was right in. He let the kids draw. It was like, who's who's it going to be? And then they were like, right, this spaceman's not going to carry a movie. Let's throw Godzilla in there. But this isn't the, that's not the only time it happens. For a long time, it became a children, almost became a children's franchise where it was very family friendly, very kind of silly again. It was like Fri- Godzilla became more like kid friendly looking. It, it was like Saturday, like Saturday morning TV almost, where you could almost mistake it for a Power Rangers maybe or something along that lines or a Transformers. Well, eventually it did get a complete childlike spin-off that was specifically aimed directly at young children. But prior to that, there is a film where there's a kid who's been bullied. He goes into a fantasy land where Godzilla's son's there and Godzilla's son takes on his own bully, which empowers this kid to take on his like bully. A... It's just weird. I see it gets so far away from the original message. I see Godzilla, a 150-foot Godzilla slapping the shit out of like an elementary school child bully, just like completely tossing him the fuck around in the mountains and shit. Like Liam said earlier, you had the giant pollution monster. There was a couple of films around this period that really sucked. They got really fucking lazy and just full-on lifted scenes from other movies, <laughs> stole soundtracks from the earlier Godzilla movies. It was lazy and dull, but my God, Hannah, there's two scenes. There's what I told you about where he flies using his breath and he looks like a croissant. It's just a croissant <laughs> with fire coming out of his mouth. <laughs> and the other one is him fucking... <laughs> I don't understand how that could work because the only way he could do that, projection-wise, is to project himself backwards. It's a movie. You could never see 
where he was going. Oh, he was going backwards. No, he was going but backwards. it makes no sense. He was sense. actually going backwards. He was, <laughs> he was going backwards. He was chasing the monster. But the other one, the other one, he does a double flying kick straight into the monster's chest and he just goes sliding across the screen on his tail. But he does this awesome little fist pump at the end. He's like, huzzah. And it looks yeah. so weird and the, cute. The recruiting <laughs> that point is the point. A lot, of, a lot of Heisei films follow that trajectory as well, where Godzilla is almost a superhero at this point. He's very much a comic book character. He's very much a children's uh, idol at this point. Does Godzilla ever get gendered? I think it's it. I want to say a gender. Yeah, I don't know if it's a necessary. I mean, Mothra is definitely a woman. A woman. Not, not, not a girl. Not, not a female. Mothra is a woman. And what a woman. <laughs> She's a mother with giant moth titties. Uh, what was it? Yeah, so yeah, he say Yeah, it started around 84 with Return of Godzilla. It wasn't a great period. I no, mean, Honda started getting pissed off the further these went. No, like, a lot of people, worse. a lot of people quote Heisei as the best era, though. This is a lot of, a lot of Godzilla fans. A lot of, I think this was where Godzilla, um, a lot of people grew up with Heisei because obviously it's the 70s. So a lot of people alive today, this is their favorite Godzilla period. Um, and again, I can't speak much on it. So we are going to kind of move quickly past it, unfortunately. We might come back and revisit it one day. Okay. No, I was just wondering if the reason they, they decided to bring it back was, no, because Godzilla <laughs> was originally brought out as a direct retaliation to the bombings that happened. So I wondered just in the 1970s when they decided to take it all the way back, was it a trigger? Was taking a history like, course. Was it the fact that there was... On the great forces plus. Well, Godzilla yeah. apparently started as a bit of a history lesson. So, you know, it's not a it's not a massive jump to think well did they decide to take it back to its roots to, to give out a similar message because something of similar ilk was happening in that time frame so it wasn't a great movie but yes like this in one of them they threw in tension between russia and america godzilla destroys a sub the russians blame america and this whole nuclear tension thing or will they won't they like ross and rachel I mean, they don't in the end. <laughs> I love how you've just put like, the Cold War and Ross and Rachel within the same. <laughs> so, well, wow. that period. Will they me? <laughs> I got off the plane, Stalin. <laughs> so around about that same period, they had another writing competition because they ran out of ideas and the dentist ended up winning it. And oh my God, was it George Hardy? <laughs> <laughs> I was it, oh, it's sad, but it wasn't. I mean, he moved slightly away from the nuclear stuff exactly, and it became the biological plant that had Godzilla's DNA start taking over the city. Lots of symbology to her dead daughter, and it, it, it kind of had no popularity in America. Couldn't really get a foothold until DVDs got released. So that's when it starts becoming relevant again. Um, yeah, so I think... People look very fondly at both. The, both of these eras have a lot of problems, but they're still very fondly um, remembered. And I mean, it's still totally popular today. Again, one of the longest-running movie franchises. Um, yeah, man, I mean, of- yeah, man. I mean, after it's it had a forty-two-year reign before it was announced that Godzilla was going to die. It was the twenty-second movie, Godzilla versus the Destroyer, and it literally it made the news. And there was a statue erected where people literally went to mourn. And I bet they feel fucking stupid now. That statue's still in Tokyo as well. That's still uh, one of the... As is Godzilla. He's still alive. I know. He got you. Um, but yeah, this kind of this kind of brings us quite nicely into um, the modern age Godzilla. Yeah, so man. Because it was four years after that that he then got resurrected by Sabastine. Well, 
It's Sam Steen got permissions from Toho to do another American picture. Columbia rejected it and they dodged the bullet. Tristar were not as smart. They caught that bullet right in the chest. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're going to skip past the uh, the Emmerich's shit, if that's okay with you, Ryan, because I do not need to talk about it. Oh, my God, absolutely not. Just so you know, though, Hannah, they wanted to make a trilogy of those. That was we the original We on the episode, if you remember the episode, which was only a week ago. It's already a trilogy. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't need a trilogy. It is yeah. a trilogy. That's what they went with. They knew they weren't getting the second movie, so they like, will put all three into this one. So, obviously, there's quite a few... Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's quite a few films in the Japanese canon from this time. Obviously, you've got, you've got Shin Godzilla, which was kind of a reboot of the original with a brand new design and a brand new environmental message. Um, you have um, Giant Monsters All Out Attack, which again was a very kind of um, just a big monster-on-monster free-for-all, all-stars kind of thing. Uh, and you have Godzilla Final Wars, which was the one that pitted um, Zilla versus Godzilla. So it was the one that kind of did that big fuck you to, to the American franchise, the Emmerich franchise. Yeah, and we also have the one that never was. The Jan de Bont one, one of the yeah. original versions. It was going to be him versus the shape changer, the Griffin. Ooh. And that's when he, he had the idea for it. We were going to get another Monster v. Monster movie, and that's when he asked for the money, and he said, fuck off and give the movie <laughs> over to Emmerich. And fucked that up massively. So the next notable installment in the West came, uh, was quite. it was a good 10 years post this, uh, with 2014 and Gareth Edwards, who I think was... Uh, I think was the best choice for this franchise. He kind of was almost like a Godzilla director in training. Um, he got his big start with this super cool indie flick that I remember seeing in the cinema with my dad called Monsters, which is this giant kaiju film. It's, it's set in like the post-apocalyptic war zone of a world that we live in. And um, it's basically about two survivors trying to make their way from, I think it's across the Mexican, again, I haven't seen this film in years. I think they're trying to make their way across the Mexican border. <laughs> but this entire Until time... Until you said that, I was picturing Monsters vs. Aliens. Not that film. That's a DreamWorks animated fucking <laughs> shit, shit, shit show of a film. Um, it's this super, super slow, super foreboding, super tense um, giant monster movie that you don't see the monsters clearly. I don't think you see the monsters clearly at all. And it's this whole... Um, it's very Godzilla 1954. It's very foreboding. It's very tense. It's very much allegorical of the destruction of of kind of um, the the way human beings treat the, the planet and well, the way is this beings, uh, kind of treat warfare and whatnot. And yeah, is this when it becomes a lot more anti-war rather than anti-nuclear? Yeah, well, I think that the reason they chose Edwards specifically was because his film had a very strong anti-war message uh, etched into the fabric of it. So they thought, right, well, this guy's done this, basically. He's already made a Godzilla film just without Godzilla. Godzilla in it, so you, let's you, give him Godzilla. You can't really, and then he, obviously Edwards is still making really. He made Rogue One. He's made some fantastic. He's made my favorite Star Wars film. Um, he's done some fantastic work going forward. Uh, he's actually a phenomenal director, and I think uh, I think Godzilla twenty fourteen is is actually a pretty phenomenal movie that captures the spirit of that original film, where I think he takes it back to being a horror movie. He takes, and I know a lot of people complain. You've seen Godzilla twenty fourteen, haven't you, Hannah? Hey, she can join the conversation. <laughs> Hannah has entered the chat. Yes. Um, it's this. It's it's very dark. So the thing is, I barely remember this. I remember seeing it with you when it first you came out. It, I think it wasn't so much a hatred. I'm not into the big monster movies. So when we went to watch it in the cinema, I was like, 
you've made me leave my comfort place to come somewhere I can't leave and distract myself with other things. Back when Ryan was an invalid. And it was fine. Again, it was a big monster fighting another big monster with too much human stuff going on on the side. But the thing is, it's not. The thing is, it's not. It's a- I see it. I see it back on message. I see it talking about humans being bad. Godzilla not being the total monster we portray him to be. He is a product of what we have done to the world. But what I think it does really successfully and what I think Gareth Edwards does not get enough credit for is turning it back into a horror film. It's taking it really, really close to its roots. And again, we don't see that much of Godzilla. A lot of people were complaining. And I think it's a ballsy move in 2014 where, again, like I don't know what specifically was coming out that year, but you have like the big, the Fast and the Furious franchise was probably still big, and Transformers was probably still big, and I don't know, the Avengers was probably coming out at that time. And you have all these massive blockbusters, and you have a guy who dares to put a giant million dollar <laughs> monster movie out where a lot of it is slow a lot of it's methodical a lot of it's scary and a lot of it is kind of this you're right this post-war allegory of look how much human beings are fucking up i think it's it's a really underappreciated intelligent monster movie akin to something like the the recent planet of the apes franchise which doesn't um which doesn't hold the audience's hand which does kind of allow itself to be allegorical and allow itself to be heavily metaphorical um and does kind of keep to the 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 the, the spirit of the franchise, I think, and, it, and Toho kind of agreed. Toho went on record to say they were so impressed with Edwards that they were finally happy that America finally. got on. It'd been a long time. America finally understood the, the assignment, I think, at this point. And a lot of people still don't like this movie and think it's so. I think it's like 70-odd percent on Rotten Tomorrow's. A lot of people don't get it. No, I appreciate the franchise. I do think it was a really strong return form. I think you're right. I think it's one of the better ones. It's, it's not for me. I thought it was an enjoyable film. Yeah. I think as somebody who, I would say no interest in Godzilla, to be honest, beforehand. Like, just no interest in it. It just didn't sort of tick any boxes for us. And then when I sort of sat down and watched, well, it was Godzilla versus King Kong that I watched first, because that came out recently, didn't it? And then I borrowed those couple of films from you. um, And Godzilla was what we watched first. And it had both me and Jack. Like, like, we were both dead into it for two and a half hours, which is quite hard for Jack, I'll be honest. Like, so it's got to have done semi-well, like, just to keep him awake for the full thing. The annoying thing I found with it was again there was a lot of just little plots in it that just held no relevance like the little boy on the the train track i really hope i'm going with the right film here but the 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 parents that let the little kid just run onto like the train and then you've got that whole like and don't get me wrong there's a couple of cool scenes like you get to see like sort of the aerial view of godzilla coming into like the the city and such when when they're on like the train and things but it's, it's 10, 15 minutes that could have been taken away. And I think that's probably the thing that puts a lot of yeah. people off those sorts of films is it's two and a half hours. That's a long film to watch for something that you're not 100% interested in yet. Do you but know, you guys, know what oh, I mean? Yeah. To get into I mean, a you film, guys, you, two and a half hours is a very but long there's time. Something, I think there's something to be said about a film that takes its time with the monster and builds it. But it didn't build the monster with that. I feel like it did. It was trying to build a character development, which I didn't think it needed because you knew he loved his is. I don't need to know he's a good guy. Here's why you're you're entirely wrong. I love you, but here's why you're entirely wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And here's why I think, again, it's a very very faithful adaptation because I I think without that, I think without those human interest moments and those, those moments of complete separation you're right you could have a film that's 90 minutes and it's just monsters fighting that's also great there's nothing wrong with that that's kind of 
and we're getting a bit I'm getting a bit ahead of myself that's kind of what um, Adam Wingard's Godzilla vs. Kong is and that's also a really good Godzilla movie but also really good Godzilla movies are slow <laughs> and they are family and, and uh, character driven and they are a little bit plodding you can be slow you, yeah, you can do that and you can be family orientated but there was there was a couple of people in there that were very interesting like really yeah. interesting like I wish they'd spent more time on what was the main scientist guy because he was brilliant. Like, why Why couldn't they give him more screen time than putting this guy on a train saving an, an unimportant kid's life? Like, it was still a really good film and I don't want to... I don't want to... You heard it here, guys. Hannah hates kids. <laughs> I don't want to batch it because I genuinely do think that if, if you want to get into sort of the Godzilla-verse, the one, like, those couple of films, like either Godzilla versus King Kong or Godzilla, or even Godzilla King of Monsters literally the only three I've we're watched get, we're going to get to King of Monsters because we are not going to skip over King of Monsters because I have a lot to say about King of Monsters that I think was my favourite actually well this is it I, I don't I didn't want to blow my wand too early but it's also my favourite just quickly on uh, last last point on Godzilla Gareth Edwards Ken Watanabe is that actor and he's fucking wonderful like absolutely fucking wonderful he's been in uh, he's been he in was. a bunch of films he's in Last Samurai he's in Memoirs of a Geisha he's in Inception he's a he's a big Nolan stan I think <laughs> no but la- last point on Godzilla 2014 I think it's it's beautiful to see it's nice to see America take Japan seriously if that makes sense like it's nice to see America respecting someone else's culture for once for once it doesn't happen that often and again I'm not he says disrespecting someone else's culture <laughs> I absolutely love America I'm a big America fan it brought this this one brought in a couple of the sort of it, it they sort of described a lot of the background of like their like the Japanese history as to how like Godzilla and stuff came about yeah. in this one, didn't he? So he adds, he brings a lot of the legacy back. He brings a lot of the mysticism mm. back and the and the spirituality as well. Like, um, well, let's get let's get straight into King of Monsters because King of Monsters the sequel. I think no, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm using that as a segue because it exemplifies that element. And I think the reason King of Monsters is my personal favorite, as is yours, Hannah, is because it's such a love letter to the shoujo era and it's such a love letter to those early films and it's so entrenched in the mythology and it's so michael doty the director the director he uh he started off with trick or treat and krampus which are two of my favorite horror fantastic films. fantastic horror films if you haven't seen you've seen krampus out hannah haven't you i'm sure we showed you that yeah yeah it's brilliant yeah you it's a fantastic movie um he's always had that aff- affection for those practical effects and those puppeteering and, the, and those animatronics that you see used in his horror films and i think he he was always a massive uh, fanboy for this series, like, and it really, really shows. Um, Ryan, do you remember King of Monsters that well? Because me and you saw it in the cinema together. I remember Ghidorah getting his neck nuclear breathed off. Yeah, that's a good it's that was when cool. Mothra comes back because it's the first time I'd seen yeah. Mothra oh, and I yeah. fell in love with her. Like, I think this, yeah. I genuinely think that might be why it's my favourite, and it's because of Mothra and when she sacrifices herself at the end. Agreed. This is my favourite. So, change my mind. King of Monsters <laughs> has a really strange history and a really strange relationship with critics because it's actually not very well received. It got about 40-odd percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but the audience scores are like a good 80-odd percent. Like This is the best 
audience review. It is Godzilla entertaining film. as fuck, though. Like, <laughs> I think it's a perfect mm-hmm. Toho-style Godzilla film. I don't think you can ask for more. And obviously, it has that long runtime, which is a bit problematic, and it has those stupid human characters, which, again... We, and and they are not stupid, mind. I mean, however, like, I'm going to let off all of these monsters and expect good things to happen. Like, a little but bit again, of sense. Oh man, don't don't let me tell you about the battle royale that happens. It's like Godzilla versus seven other kaiju's in one but of the movies. It's so <laughs> fucking epic. There is not a moment like I was hard the entire time. It was so, it was a it's a little like as a as a young boy. I, I, as I a dreamed young boy, of being a baseball. baseball um, <laughs> I, it, I, I've always loved monsters and seeing. These gorgeously rendered CGI, and I obviously have not been a massive fan of CGI films. I'm usually a proponent of practical effects over CGI, but the gorgeous, the the CGI in these films are fucking gorgeous. And watching a CGI Rodan, a CGI Mothra, a CGI Ghidorah, and a CGI Gojira fighting and just absolutely tearing up so many fucking things, it's just so, it's so heartwarming to see, and it's so beautiful to see. And again, it's He's quite Godzilla right. in those ones, by the way. Sorry, way. I do apologise. It, but it does, it brings a lot of that mythology back, and it brings a lot of that spirit of Troy back, to the point where there's a character, again, I don't know how well you both remember this film, but there's a um, there's oh, a, sci- for this, there's a scientist lady who helps Mothra, like she's always there kind of guiding Mothra, I don't know if you remember. Nope. Yes, yeah. I think I've got yeah. the other, I think that's what sure I was mentioning on the, previous, on the previous one, but I think I've got it mixed up with this one. Right. Um, there's a, the, the actress from Hero and Crouching Tiger. I don't remember her name, and I'm I'm gonna kick myself because I've I've fucking loved her and I've loved her for a while. If you're listening, um, yeah, she plays one part of a set of twins. Doesn't love you enough to remember his name? Apparently not. Your name. Um, she okay. plays she plays a set of twins, Ryan. And I'm trying to see if you get the reference. She plays one part of a set of twins, and she's the one protecting Mothra. So again, and, and it's never really dwelled upon. It's oh, never really from the like second third film into. or something. But it, yeah, the it's, a, it's, a, it's a direct reference to oh. the Guardians. It's a direct reference to the Fairy Guardians from the original Mothra series, and it's not dwelled upon. It's not really like invested too much time into the narrative, but it's there for fans, and it's there for people who obviously love the series. It's a little it's such Easter a egg reference. It's a little Easter egg. I think I think King of the Monsters is the best of the legendary films. I think it's certainly the most faithful. It's down to the point of, yeah, referencing those earlier films, but also being this fucking phenomenal big blockbuster spectacular. It's gorgeous. I, I, it's, it's a perfect... It's gorgeous. It's absolutely fucking stunning. I don't say that about many of the, the Godzilla... Because the problem I have with a couple of the ones that... I've, I say a couple of the ones I've seen. I've seen three. But the one that... The, my issues with two of them, <laughs> right, is just how dark they can be at times. And I get that it's trying to set a scene. I do, I do. But I also don't want to watch a yeah. two and a half hour film where two hours of it is a black screen. Like, that's just not not my jam. But with, but, but, but with King of Monsters... There's, they, they play a lot, I noticed, with like the shadows and the smoke and the things like that. It's a different yeah. sort of, it still brings that fear and that dread and that, oh my God, there's these, you know, there's, there's these awful things that are happening across the planet. But it does it in such a spectacular, awe-inspiring, this is awful, but yeah. holy shit, kind of, I can't keep my eyes away from the screen sort of way. It's end of the world. Mm-hmm. It's like apocalyptic style, isn't it? Um, and again, yeah, I think I, I, I've seen all of these on the big screen. So the, that darkness, obviously, it's, it's so much easier to appreciate uh, cinematography and dark cinematography specifically on the big screen. You're right. Like it, sometimes it doesn't translate to my TV. That's like seven years old. That barely fucking has like has like six pixels left in it before it blows up. I, I remember you're right. They are dark. They are a little bit 
almost like overly atmospheric. But um, Ryan, do you have any input on Godzilla King of Monsters? I barely remember it. I I'm never going to be a huge franchise lover of Godzilla. I appreciate it for what it is. I appreciate its original message. And I appreciate how long the franchise has spanned for and how many fans it has. I'd give up and give it a clap. Standing ovation. What? Not for me. The, I've this one, a lot. I'm not going to. The, the part of this one that did really frustrate us was like how stupid the woman was with her child. I'm just going to go blow up this whole thing so I can release a three-headed dragon and I'm going to bring my 12-year-old daughter with me. Even though I'm doing it because I've already you lost a son. Like, What? You leave Vera for my road. The fucking <laughs> they, they were all. To be fair, that's, that's, that's the point of it. It's all phenomenally acted. It is. It's brilliant. Oh yeah, Charles, Charles yeah. Dance was in this film yeah. as well. Like Charles Dance, who, you, again, a British national treasure. We love a oh, bit of Charles too. Dance. We do. Uh, I, I, I mean, I've got nothing but positive things about this current MonsterVerse. I actually don't have that many things to say about the Kong movie because that was probably my least favorite. It's the one that kind of went came and went for me. But we're kind of up to speed with our latest incarnation, which what I think Wingard's film, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong 2021, does that it, it fixes a lot of the problems that I think you guys have both mentioned in that it brightens it the fuck up to start. Like, it really... Wingard has this signature style where it's a lot of his films are uh, very neon, very kind of flashy, uh, a lot of kind of heavy usage of lighting. Um to kind of build the scene almost and a shit ton of this film is broad fucking daylight and I actually adore that like this is probably the first chance we get to see the monsters in their full glory and how beautiful the CGI really is because this one this is, this is the this is the inverse so if, if King of the Monsters is this long beautiful uh, translation of the early Toho of the early Shoja where it's very methodical where it's very thoughtful Godzilla vs. Kong is the complete inverse where it's the stupid fucking, <laughs> this is just a monkey and a lizard fighting for an hour and a half and you're going to love every well, second of it. Well, it's a monkey versus a lizard versus a... A metal lizard. A metal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's like the third installment of Mechagodzilla. And again, I don't really have any complaints about this film. I think for what it is, it's a fucking ride. Like, it's just... <laughs> It's you know what? It was very, very enjoyable. It was actually the first film me and Jack went to see outside of lockdown when all the cinemas sort of like opened back up again. And it was a brilliant way to kick it off, if you ask me, because it was just absurd and ridiculous and hilarious. And it was just, you don't take that sort of thing too seriously. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. I didn't it's, ever it's sit back and silly, think, yeah. holy shit, look at what's on my screen. But I did sit back and think, this is hilarious. I could watch this yeah. all day. It's a it's a roller coaster. It's a, it's just a ninety minute roller coaster. And, and Kong yet, was cute. Kong was great. Yes. And again, like they bring a lot of the humanity. Like Kong is always meant to be the humanity in it. And I think they do him. I think they do Kong more of a justice. He's the protagonist. He's the he's the one we're meant to be rooting for. Even though we know he's never going to win, he's definitely framed as the protagonist. Where I think, uh, if anything, Godzilla gets dealt a little bit of a dirtier hand. Where he's like. He's a bit. He's a bit absent through a lot of it, which I, I'm he fine is. with. Like this is the one that did, did, did King Kong really good, which is fine. Um, they sort of did the weird flip though, didn't they? Because they, they followed it off from. Did, was that followed off from King of Monsters? It was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was technically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Godzilla yeah. has just technically saved the entire world, and it yeah. is the entire world at this point because there was how many of the other monsters like roaming about <laughs> and then they instantly go to this one and it's it's like 
the whole world flips again and it just goes, no, no, Godzilla is a terrible, terrible thing because it's after the other <laughs> apex creature. And I don't know how, because yeah. Millie Bobby Brown has not aged in between those two films. So how they have managed to recoup their entire civilization across the planet and then turn him back into a bad guy within the space of what can only be about 18 months. I don't know. But I suppose you can't really hang up on those sort of plot lines when you're watching something like The Godzilla. You almost don't really care, do you? And you're right, Anna. (laughs) I think what you hit hit on, this idea of it was was pretty much the first film that got people back into the cinema. And it's after this long period of cinemas, cinemas being closing close for a year. What a film to start. Like, what a film to get everyone back in. What a just, you're right, mindless 90-minute action film. Ryan, I can see what you're doing. I see you fucking making faces at Hannah, and I need you to stop. Contribute. You've been so good at contributing for about... Are you just... Are you getting, like... Is it your ADHD medication kick wearing out? Like, what's going on? It's the radiation from Godzilla. <laughs> oh, okay. It's affecting me. Well, that's kind of where we need to wrap up on the Monsterverse. I would say, as, as a whole, I like all four of these films quite a lot. I like Kong Skull Island quite a bit less than the other three but i do enjoy these films i've not even seen that it's good it's a it's a war film it's a it's kind of very much a a vietnam um callback it's a it's a heart of darkness kind of situation what's it called um oh my god um apocalypse now it's basically (laughs) apocalypse now with a big monkey next (laughs) i want to like them more than i do like them I want to like you more than I do I, like you. I want to be able to appreciate them on the level they deserve, but there's That's a big block for me. I'm never going to get past it. I'm really sorry about it. That's fine. You, not everyone's perfect. I think there's there's a couple of, the, you know, the, the newer ones I really, really enjoyed. I don't think I'd ever invest the time that you will invest in Godzilla. I don't think I will ever go sure. through and watch those 50 <laughs> films. Like... I, it's just not something, I, but I would every now and then, you know, maybe dip in and watch one or two. It's not something that I would ever sort of brush away because it's very entertaining and it has with it, you're right, a plethora yeah. of, of, of history that if you really wanted to, you could really get into. And yeah. I would say pick, if you if you just want to say watch a few and see whether you like them, pick a couple of the new ones and maybe the first one that was ever made or something along those lines and then branch out from there. But like, it's it, it's worth a watch. It's worth a go. All of I think regardless, you're, you're absolutely right, because not everyone's going to be a fanboy like me, not everyone's going to be militant like me, but it isn't, I think it is what what, what, what what infuriates me is the fact that I think a lot of people just dismiss them as stupid monster movies, whereas there's such a rich tapestry of lore behind them, and there's such an important like a filmic step, I think. Like, as far as film history, Godzilla is integral to film history and i think that's the takeaway i've from experiencing these this last few weeks this is what i've kind of taken away from it and um, before we do end the episode guys thank you for listening to our godzilla history but before we do we've got a couple of listener questions and um, from a couple of very loyal fans and um, um, we're going to rattle off quite quickly because we're noticing the time <laughs> the first question from our friend george over at tipsy flicks now i'm going to read this verbatim as he uh as he sent it to Are me. Are you going to do it in his voice? I'm good, no, I'm good. <laughs> I was either going to do it in George's voice, but that's like super... Hannah could probably do it in George's voice. He's from um, he's from Manchester. That's kind of close to where you lived. Nope. Isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to 19... do it in the voice of a 19... I'm going to do it in the voice of a 1950s Bostoner who's working on a big scoop. Okay? Hang on. No, 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 no. For context... This guy has known me for 10 years and I've lived in Liverpool, <laughs> South Yorkshire and Newcastle. Oh, sir. It's, it's more closer. that he's geographically challenged yeah. than he is ignorant as a friend. I'm a bit of both, let's be honest. So, no, <laughs> George's, George's question, in the voice of a 1950s Bostoner who's working on a big scoop. That's a lot of fish, say. But tell me, say, if you will, how much, fish, how much fish is too much fish? 
it's directed, it's directed entirely at you, Hannah. How much fish is too much fish? Uh, I mean, personally, any amount of fish, I ate fish. So. <laughs> That's a good point. When you don't shower for two days. Oh, what specifically, Hannah? <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to go. You said it. <laughs> you said it. I may have thought that it might be true, Sorry. but I didn't say it. Off colour. That's, 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 cool. that's not fun. Um, Tipsy's real question is what is everyone's favourite kaiju? Uh, and who would win in a fight between our favourite kaijus? I'm going to let Hannah take this first. Who classes. You like Mothra a lot. Oh, like, I was about to say uh, right, Mothra, I'll, but like. What, <laughs> I'll answer the question for you. So my favorite, my favorite kaiju is Mothra because Mothra is so pretty, and I like pretty things. <laughs> wow, that was seven <laughs> shades of sexist. <laughs> <laughs> go on, Hannah, Hannah. Go on. She's I just one of the boys. You know? No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was really, no, really rude. I'm rage quitting, and it's not just because I don't know another one other than Mothra. Is it Mothra? Though? <laughs> let's, let's be honest. It's Mothra. Isn't it? I mean, it's always going to be Mothra. She's adorable, and I love her. She's one of my favorites, in all honesty. I mean, I'm going to go off script. Ryan's going off script. I'm going to go with anime from Final Fantasy X. You can summon. Okay, you're going to have to explain this to me because I'm not a Final Fantasy person, but go for it. Oh, he's a big, scary fish in a shell. (laughs) He's a a big, big scary fish. Whoa, what the fuck happened there? Gremlins in the system. Gremlins in the system. If you are a little bit confused as to why we just cut off mid-sentence, um, <laughs> we had a little Actually, issue. I think I closed my sentence off nicely. Oh, did you? Did you finish it with I a nice little full sentence. stop? Um, I mean, I could have we kept were... on talking because Final Fantasy is great. We were mid-question, though. There was that. We, we had this issue where um, halfway through recording our listener questions, Zencaster decided to say, fuck you, that's enough. <laughs> we lost six done. minutes of data. <laughs> I'm done so... with your bullshit. I'm done hearing your voices. Um, I think we 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 will we we are that uh, dedicated to bringing you solid content that we're going to truck on anyway and answer those questions uh, and make sure we plug everything at the end. So we were midway through answering Tipsy's question it on um, best kaiju, and I think you were talking about your Final Fantasy uh, kaiju. Did you get everything out for that one? Or oh yeah, you... me and Hannah are done. Just your opinion. Just me. So, if that's important so Zencastle to decided that I wasn't important and cut me off. Yeah, cool. Because I think my kaiju is the best kaiju. I was going to go uh, for the uh, kaiju from Bong Joo Ho's film, The Host. Made in 2006, which is a very hyper political, hyper satirical kind of kaiju film. And one of the first ones I saw, however, the, the, I mean, the kaiju itself, you've seen the host, right? My brain's just going to the faculty. N- Oh, I love the faculty. No, the host is the big fish movie, the one that's made out of little fish and it's this big oh, pollution yeah. monster. But again, the whole thing is just this big political satire for how horrible America is, which is just hilarious. Like, it's this big fuck you to well, He did Parasite as well. Didn't he did he? Parasite, which again, highly satirical, highly political. Um, uh, highly important kind of a thematic thriller. Um, he also did. You'll you'll recognise his work from Oakja as well, which was a really oh, cool film. Yeah. Um, that made one of my friends vegetarian. Yeah, it almost made it pretty much made me vegetarian as well. Uh, he likes to insert a lot of political satire into his movies, and it's similar to something like Godzilla. It again, it sticks to that highly political theme of you know this is a giant monster movie, but there are important messages here. There are important. There's important content here that people should be paying attention to and people should be listening to. Um, I, when it comes to uh, which one of our kaiju's would win, it absolutely fucking wouldn't be mine because he's just as big fish oh my god absolutely be mine he has magic like in fire <laughs> thunder air gravity he also shoots laser beams from his eye he has a bottom half like he summons mm. people into this hell dimension mm. that just attacks them with vicious claws Hannah, how would yours do chirp chirp you may have noticed hannah is missing now we- okay okay yeah hannah's not back she did not make it through the delta variant but we are still here to answer the last two questions 
from our devoted beautiful listeners the next, but Hannah won't be there but you know we just, Hannah doesn't we, care enough we don't really need her opinion let's be entirely honest I don't even think we invited her to be honest we didn't even bother asking um, our second question comes from our beautiful fan beautiful guy on Instagram love this guy to bits Ed Cooks he's actually just started his own Instagram page which I do want to give a quick shout out to because he's doing his own um, he's doing his own like book review Instagram page which is quickly becoming my favourite new Instagram page it's called Ed the Read so E-D-T-H-E-R-E-A-D find him on Instagram and make sure you guys give him a follow and um, he's posting fantastic book reviews every other day uh, it's definitely uh, updated my summer reading list so thank you very much for that ed and uh, thank you for being a fan since the start you're we a do like class acts he asked us what our favorite roland emmerich film is oh i thought i was gonna ask my favorite book oh oh we that's different. too hard no, that's, too hard a choice well uh, ed you asked us this question and then immediately immediately dm'd me telling me that the correct answer was independence Day. So i don't <laughs> even know what you expect from us at this point because you know the right answer everybody listening to this knows the correct that's the only film the only thing answer. of that's yeah that's it's worth the, anything it's the only thing but this is it it's such a weird anomaly where it is a, it's a masterpiece in a catalog of trash like i can't i can't confidently say i even completely tolerate any other film in his catalog <laughs> maybe maybe universal soldiers universal soldiers is kind of fun but it's still awful independence is is, is a film made by a different guy there's no there's no question about that that is a different person who made that film with emmerich's name slapped on it there's the, the, the level of quality does not transfer from that to any of his other films so you know the answer Biking. <laughs> so stop asking stupid questions ed but i do love you you're awesome uh, thank you very much, Ed. Our last question comes from another fantastic guy, Brad Kelsey, who's been listening since the start. Thank you so much for sending your question in. He asked us why we think it is so difficult for American producers to make Godzilla films and why Japan seems to be the only country that can get them right. Well, I mean, we've kinda, we have kind of covered this. So I want to go with, firstly, the censorship definitely just fuck things over oh, there. Yeah. In the early days, they yeah. cut out a lot of the interesting stuff, a lot of the heart left Godzilla mm-hmm. and the whole point of what the movie was was gone. And then they didn't get the source material. A lot of them didn't respect it. Mm-hmm. By a certain point, it does start to get stale. Oh yeah. So they end up trying to do different things and it just flops and then like, oh, it's make it for kids and it gets weird. Yeah. I think they don't take the source material very seriously either. Like they don't realize there is this, this heavy political satire that is entrenched in the lore of the, the, the universe. And they're like, oh, it's a giant dumb monster film. Fuck it. Let's put a giant dumb monster in New York. Have airplanes chase him. I don't care. Whereas it is, it's, it's, it's deep rooted, heartfelt political satire that is just completely absent from anything that America even tries to even tries to cover, really. I think we're starting to learn now how to do a good reboot. Yeah. Like, not all of them are successful, yeah. Terminator, but in <laughs> general, we're getting better at it. We're learning what the audience likes, why the originals worked for us <laughs> so okay. well, and how to bring them into the 21st century. Why hasn't century? Terminator ever understood the assignment? But I also think that's the problem, isn't it? Like, you can go one way. I think, you know, Terminator is quite a good example of how to do it incorrectly, because... A lot of the efforts there are just rehashes. A lot of the efforts there are just, this is the same story, this is the same time travel story with the, with the glossy coat of paint. Whereas I do think a lot of the successful remakes and a lot of the successful um, reboots take the spirit, they have the, the consciousness and, and the ideals and the, what's important to the film, and they do something creative with it. And I actually think that's what Edwards did, and I think kind of Edwards onwards, he has the spirit of Godzilla, but it's it, it has that, still has that American sheen to it. Whereas I think if you combine that you tend to get a more successful product rather than, yeah, we're just going to make this entirely American. Fuck anything Japan even try to do. Fuck all that political satire. We don't care. 
you've got to have that kind of symbiosis between both of the cultures. Thank you so much, Brad Kelsey. You are a legend and do keep sending us in your questions. Uh, I think that's all for us today, unless we have any uh, any pressing matters, any news we need to bring up. We do have a competition. That immediately answered my own go. question. Um, we do have a competition running at the minute. I think we've got a couple days left. By the time you hear this, we've got about three or four days left, so get on it. You have the chance to win a Blu-ray edition of Godzilla vs. Kong and a Funko Pop vinyl of the Scaly Boy himself. So pop on our Instagram and make sure you find the post that says giveaway on it and follow the instructions as to how to win. Other than that, we've had a fantastic time giving you a history lesson on everything you need to know about Godzilla. Do check in next week when we will be covering a cult classic of the genre, Howard the Duck. We'll actually be having a special guest on that episode as well, but I'm keeping that under wraps until that person arrives, just in case he doesn't. (laughs) Always good to cover your bases. Always good to cover my bases. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time.